Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good morning to you, my international listeners. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com international radio. And I just want to say uh, this very quickly. I know that all of you all out there have gotten your uh, Talk Zone apps. If not, please go out there and get it. You can get it from the uh, Apple Store, and um, it'll be a, a wonderful thing. This way you can listen to me whenever and wherever you are, whenever you want, as my shows are archived. And um, so this is just a, a beautiful day, and I want to say thank you for tuning into my show. You know, I'm most appreciative that you are spending some of your most precious commodity, which is time, listening to my show. You have no idea how humbled I am by this. Okay, so um, once again, how how are you guys out there? I pray that you all are doing absolutely great, okay? And should any negativity come across? your path, that you have the positive attitude to deal with it so that it never befalls you again. All right, let's get the weather report out the way, okay? The world is having some trying times with the weather. Like in Hawaii, um, there is reported a hurricane. um, It's called Hurricane Lane, Category 4, approaching. Now, I'm hopeful that this too shall pass quickly along with the fires that have um, trampled um, through many places in this country and that people lives will return to the normal that they consider for their lives and may they be blessed. Um, um, speaking of the fires in this country, I heard a report that the majority of the fires are human beings started. They started. And this is something, something that, that, um, um, I, you know, I have been saying all the time. And also I heard on the report that there are a, you know, there are a containment of the fires and that I just want to say this. What a terrible thing to do to other people. You know, you're going out there starting fires. People lose their lives, their valuable possessions, and it's just so sad and hurtful. Now, on August 20th, 2018, the New York Times reported a story that was titled, um, behind most wildfires, a person and spark, we bring fires with us. In part, listeners, it says the following. This year, as firefighters battle one blaze after another across the state, investigators are already finding answers for some how, for some force, how some of the fires started. Now, one began with a spark from a flat tire. Another when someone hammered a fence post amid dry vegetation. Still another was allegedly ignited by conspiracy-minded recluse who had sent a text message to a local firefighter warning the place is going to burn. Now the suspect faces a million-dollar fine and life in prison. Okay? I just want to say this, listeners. Please be careful. Do not throw a lit cigarette out your window in a dry field, for example. And if you're camping, please be sure to douse the flames with extra water to be sure it's out. And if your car has a flat, 
like I just mentioned, and you notice a spark has started, please immediately call for help so that it does not result in harm to anyone, including yourself. Now, my guest today is the world's most exceptional mental health therapist, Reginald C. Campbell. And we have a lot of interesting and educational and informative topics to talk about today. And they are as follows. Now, my dinner table conversation um, suggestion topic is succinctly planning your day. Just how vital is that to you? And then we're going to go into autonomous vehicles delivering groceries. Are you a fan? And then we're going to talk about a fantastic, amazing little young man. His name is Master Caleb. He's four years old, motivational speaker. And here's a very interesting uh, topic that we're going to talk about. If you could go back in time, would you and why? Trump stumping the campaign trail for 40 days. And then we're going to end it with put some love in your heart. Okay, now I'm going to bring on my guests so that we can talk about these fantastic topics. But I want to say something to you guys first. You should already know what it is. I'm talking about voting. Okay, I am still on my campaign about voting for a brief moment. On my last show, I sang a little silly song about voting. This time, listeners, all I'm going to say is that voting is very important to maintaining a solid, strong democracy and one that should have integrity, you know, in in our so that we can have integrity in our nation. Watchful eye citizens for um, you know, making sure that that they have what is needed so that they can contribute to a thriving society. A lot of people put a lot of time and effort into making assurances that we as a country have the right to vote. It is our right. For instance, there was a woman's suffrage in the United States in 1920, which gave women the right to vote. And this took a long time to secure listeners, decades. Okay. Now, this country was unwilling to abide by the right to vote for women. First, it was some states that, you know, that, okay, said, okay, well, we'll, we'll allow you. And then it was some, you know, locally. And then it was given to them nationally in the year 1920. And then there was the civil rights movement, which this administration is doing its best to remove some of the rights to vote for people across the board particularly people in color, in addition to employing other nasty things like not having enough ballots at the voting places and shortening their hours and not giving voters the, you know, the right information for where they can cast their votes and closing early and declaring a winner prior to counting all of the, you know, votes that were cast. Now, I want you to remember, listeners, that a lot of people lost their lives in order that this part of our democracy did not go on deaf ears, both in the 1920s regarding women's suffrage and the civil rights movement. And that time didn't uh, go backwards and or to something even worse, like, a you know, a dictatorship. This is what, you know, maintaining a great democracy is all about. And lastly, I want to mention young people. You guys started this movement last year and the year before. And it's a beautiful thing. Please keep the momentum up. Don't get tired or discouraged. This goes for everyone listening to my voice. This is what they like for you to do. Get discouraged and say, oh, well, fine then. I'm, I'm just not going to go out there and vote. 
prove them wrong. Keep that momentum up and go to vote for your choice of your candidates that you feel will serve better for what is needed in this country in order that we move not only forward, but upward. Okay, now I'm done with that. So let's move on. Let's jump into my dinner table conversation topic. Succinctly planning your day. Just how vital is that to you? I want to ask you, do you set the tone for your day? Have you want your uh, how do you want your day to be? You know, can speaking it really make a difference? Now, there is a saying that goes as you think it, so as you think it, so it will be. Words, as we know, are extremely powerful. This is why it is important to speak well over yourself, speak well over your family, and speak well over others. Words can have a profound effect on your life. It matters what you say, okay? And think and and it matters what you say and matters what you think listeners is very very important so having said that what do you do in the beginning of your day like example do you get up and stretch and yawn and drag yourself to the bathroom to shower and leave the house uh, doing what must be done because it's like programmed in you or do you actually think for a moment what your tasks are for the day and how you will go about accomplishing them Do you have hope for a prosperous day or do you have lack involved in your thinking? Do you pay attention to what you are wearing as it does matter how you present yourself to the world? Or do you say it doesn't matter as long as you arrive at your job in a timely fashion, keeping in step with the same mood and or attitude you had from the day before, weeks before, or maybe years? I find that speaking What I want for the day works best for me. It amazes me, listeners, as I wake in the morning being grateful for for another day, looking at the beautiful sunshine, hearing the birds chirping, looking at my beautiful surroundings. Um, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm walking fine. I'm breathing. I can see clearly and on and on and on. So much to be grateful for. Knowing and acknowledging these things make a difference when you take them into consideration for being appreciative and that you are capable of getting up and about smiling and happy that I have the wherewithal to do the things I need to do and or want to do. So this day is fulfilled positively. Now, trust me, listeners, if it works for me, it definitely can work for you if you want. Now, there's that key if you want. Our mind, as I have discussed before, is very powerful, that there is nothing more powerful than a made-up mind, okay? So my questions for you listeners are, do you think about how you want your day to play out? Do you want to be understanding or shut off? Do you want to be helpful to others, or do you want to be a pain and crass to your coworkers or your, or your family, for example? I get up and I speak my day. I'm rejoicing in the Lord that this day has been given to me. I feel good about myself as I know that I can accomplish whatever it is that I need to do. This day gives me the opportunity to plan ahead, see my husband's face, talk to my family, especially my adorable grandchildren, see my accomplishments come together, some completed, some still in the works. What matters, listeners, is this, that I keep not only moving forward, but upward, never looking back. Now, this is a topic that you can discuss. If not, pick one of your own 
as long as you and your spouse, your partner, your children are conversing with sensible conversations at the dinner table. Okay, I am ready to bring on my guest, the fantastic, the world's best mental health therapist, my brother, Reginald C. Campbell. Good morning, Reginald, and thank you for being on my show today. Good morning. Good morning. Shout out to Brother Dave, and good morning to all of the fantastic, wonderful listeners out there. Absolutely. Okay. So let's jump right into it. Autonomous vehicles delivering groceries. Are you a fan? Well, a number of human beings' minds are still in the past, so I'm not understanding, Reginald, with all of the futuristic designs, you know, like the flying cars, online ordering groceries, delivered in self-driving cars. Now, Amazon, Elon Musk, Uber, Ford, BMW, neighborhood grocery stores are just some of the large organizations that are investing in autonomous vehicles. Now, designing these vehicles to deliver groceries, for example, azfamily.com reported, Reginald, on August 16, 2018, that Fry's grocery stores are, you know, testing driverless deliveries right here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Now, the report says in part, just imagine not having to go to the grocery store ever again. If you live in Scottsdale, that may become a reality for you. Now, on Thursday, Kroger, the grocery store chain and operator of Fry's Food Stores, announced Scottsdale as a city for their pilot program to deliver groceries autonomously to Scottsdale residents. Now, this is a collabor- collaboration original uh, with Nuro, N-U-R-O. Now, it's supposed to be the world's first driverless delivery uh, vehicle to begin testing deliveries using Nuro robots. This way, the new driving um, vehicles, you know, uh, customers, you know, will be able to just go outside their door, you know, and pick their groceries up safely, you know, uh, by the curbside, beating the hassle of going to the store. So now, Reginald, I know that we discussed a similar story on my show recently, but not this one. And, you know, I am intrigued by the continuum of organizations with this robot te- technology. And personally, I would not engage in this as I think that, you know, that is just another factor that contributes to job loss for human beings, as well as I don't think that, uh, you know, that logic, you know, is being put you know, into behind the um, <clears throat> idea besides making a lot of money and getting rid of human beings jobs, like I said before. So I have a question, you know, now are they going to build special curbs, Reginald, for these robots to park? You know, I have not heard anything about the results of this so far. They said they launched it on the 16th of, of this month. Have you heard anything uh, about this, Reginald? And what do you think about what I just said? Well, no, I haven't heard anything about that. And um, as a fan of not going to the grocery store, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm okay with not going to the grocery store. However, you know, they can have a human being to take your grocery order. They kind of do that now. You can have a human Mm -hmm. being take your grocery order, pick out your groceries, drive the van and the car to your home. Mm -hmm. Walk it up to your door, knock on your door, ring your bell, and hand those groceries to you. Mm-hmm. Um, if all of this is just to take the human element out, and yeah, I don't think they thought that 
far to think about, okay, the curve, how is, you know, are they going to have to redo the curve for, for the robots? And, you know, how is the robot going to get, what if you live kind of on a hill, you know, and you have steps, you know, is the robot going to be able to go up your steps? You know, what is this robot going to look like? Uh, how is this robot going to navigate through traffic? Say, if there's an accident down the street, and and the, the and, and and they have, need to go to an alternative route, you right, know, right? And the police officers have the you know street or lane closed. And, you know, these are all the things that. I don't think that they've thought about and they uh, know how they're going to navigate. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice and it's cool to think about all of that stuff. Personally, I'm not a fan, but I guess it's nice and cool to think about all of those things. But uh, there's just so many other variables that I don't think that they have thought about. And the main thing just for me is taking the human element out of, of um, you know, interacting with, with a person. How nice is it for Say, for instance, a shut-in to have someone knock on their door and hand them groceries and just to say, hello, how are you doing? How's, how's your day? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. a robot's not going to do that. Robot's not going to give you a handshake or a high-five or tell you, hey, have a wonderful day. So, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a yeah. fan. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan either. Um, I don't mind at all going to the grocery store. You know, um, I, I never have. Um, and I, I'm one of, you know, I'm a touchy feely person. I want to look at what I'm purchasing, um, especially if it's meat or whatever. I want to pick it up. I want to look at it. I, uh, you know, um, I don't eat, uh, beef or anything, but, you know, I do eat a lot of, um, fish and, uh, chicken and I like to look at it, um, uh, to see, to make sure that it's, it smells good. Um, the, the stale date is good and, you know, all these kinds of things, um, um, you know, if there's something different that I want at the store, maybe I want to change my mind or, or whatever. And it also includes for me that um, right now human beings are not that friendly towards uh, one another. Um, speaking of traffic, the way we drive, uh, way we well, the way they drive in traffic, um, you know, that that's another element. And uh, I, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. And it's also <clears throat> excuse me, like what you said before. Uh, Reginald about suppose it's up on a hill. Uh, suppose there's an accident and you need to take an alternative route. Um, how is that deciphering going to be? You know, and then you, when you're ready to come and pick your groceries up because they, they did see a mock up of the vehicle, you know, it opens its doors. Okay. I'm just going to say this, Reginald. Okay. Um, that, you know, how, where, where is the, you know, we have a lot of, of fabulous people, you know, in this world, in this country. All right. But there are also a lot of not fabulous people in this country. So you're on your way down there to get your groceries. What's going to stop somebody from taking it out the robot? You know what I'm saying, Reginald? <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I, I'm sure the robot's not going to say, oh, you're not Mr. Jones. So you're not Mr. Smith or Miss Smith. So, you know, again, it's these those variables that they have not um uh that, that that they have not thought about and 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 just the whole driverless car concept just 
just blows my mind and not in a positive way, in, in, in a negative way. And, and I just don't, I just don't see that. I'm, I'm driving yesterday to a training in, in Phoenix. And, uh, so I was on the 202, then came over to the 101 and then over to the 10. And I can't, but uh, there were so many times I have to say to myself, why are you tailgating me? I'm standing at the light or, you know, in traffic and, you know, this person is two inches away from your back bumper. You move up, they move up, you know, it's like, you know, all of those things that, that I don't think that they have thought about that can happen in traffic. How mm-hmm. are they going to be able to navigate this driverless car to do that? So I don't know. Again, I'm not, I'm not a fan of, fan of that. I'm not a fan of driverless cars. I'm not a fan of robots delivering uh, uh, groceries to to your door. Uh, you, you know, you know. Again, if there's, uh, you know, just thinking of uh, say a, a person that's shut in and and they don't have family or they don't see anyone much, how how wonderful it is to have somebody walk up to their door, ring the doorbell, and hand them their groceries and say, "Good morning. How are you? It's nice to see you. How how are you doing?" Today? Well. <clears throat> Yeah, excuse me. See, this is the thing that I have talked about before is that um, we as a populace are totally losing the human touch. It's enough that people don't go to Hallmark and take the time to actually pick out a birthday card. They email it or they text you happy birthday, which I think that <clears throat> that it is good if, if you know, an individual, excuse me, if an individual actually takes the time out and go and do these things, you know, people don't pick up the phone and say, hi, how are you doing? And um, how was your day? You don't have to be on for a long time, but then you're going to text, how you doing? Da, da, da. You know, I mean, I, 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 I'm not a fan. I, I have said this before and I'm going to say it again. There's so many uh, things that, the populace need to elevate it. Like, uh, you know, with schools, they're building houses, building, 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 building houses. I don't see them putting that, in, that, that type of, um, um, energy into, uh, fortifying our education process, um, our healthcare process. I reported that there are hospitals that are closing across this country. Um, there's so many other things that, that, you know, that we need, um, you know, to have a thriving society and it's not, you know, making uh, the populace, I'm just going to say it a little bit more lazier and feeling entitled to have someone go out and do something, you know, for you. You know, I don't I just don't think that that's that's a good thing. OK, four year old motivational speaker. Not sure if you heard of this original of my listeners, but I'm going to report on this. And it's about a very handsome little uh, boy whose name is Master Caleb Stewart. And actually, I saw this report initially as I was eating breakfast and it was being reported on right this minute, um, August 22nd, 2018. Now, the story is about a very intelligent young black little boy who was inspired by reading books, which started with his his father's mother, his grandmother at the age of one years old. Okay. Now, Babbel.com reports that it's hard to believe Master Caleb Stewart is only four years of age, but his pint-sized motivational, but this pint-sized motivational speaker sometimes donned a three-piece suit, Reginald, and who really is a preschooler, and he just happens to love to read. <clears throat> now, recently, he gave a talk about the importance of reading at a local middle school's teacher's night, and he's now 
internet famous for it. Now, he started out by saying that I am here to speak to you about the importance and benefits of reading. I personally read every day. Reading every day has made me smarter and has also strengthened my vocabulary and language skills. How cool is that, Reginald? Now, Caleb also says that reading has enhanced his long-term memory and problem-solving skills. I love it. Now, his dad said in the Write This Minute interview that it took him about two weeks to learn the entire speech uh, that he gave to this um, at this event. And it goes on to say, once you see the video, you will, you know, you will know how, uh, why. And he and the and the little boy says, and be sure to follow me on Facebook. Now, how fabulous is that, Reginald? I just love it. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, bless his heart. That that is so that is so cool and so cute, and it shows the importance of parent parental involvement at an early age. Um, mm-hmm. You know, don't send your kids to school, <clears throat> you know, in in preschool or, or, or kindergarten to learn. Education starts at home, and that's a perfect example of showing that education starts at home and the importance of education. And the importance of reading, and reading does uh, enhance your short-term, long-term memory, uh, and it's just good to be educated. You know, you read, mm-hmm. you learn things, you become educated. You can share that information that you have now obtained to someone else, and mm-hmm. then that person can share it with someone else. So, so it's good all around, and I, I think that that's great. And kudos to that family and to that into that little boy. Yeah, yeah. You know, hearing stories about, you know, children, you know, Reginald advancing, you know, tremendously, you know, because a grandmother, she's the one, the grandmother. So I'm giving tremendous kudos to the grandmother as she took the time to involve him in something that will be beneficial for his entire life. And it really warms my heart as I think about the love and care I gave to my children who are now adults and now to my grandchildren. You know, love and care continues to be amazing when displayed on others. You know, that that that's my take of it. So I'm just um, uh, very proud of this uh, young man. And uh, it's, it's, it's another just another great story. OK, now let's go on to our next topic, Reginald. If you could go back in time, why would you, you know, like, you know, what would you do or change should you have this capability? Okay. Now, I was looking at To Tell the Truth. You know, it's a program that has been reinvented from back in the day. And it um, it airs on Sundays and they have individuals who come on and a host of four panelists have to guess who is. Um, telling the truth out of the three individuals there to pick who is real versus who is not. Now, this program is hosted by Anthony Anderson, who I think is so talented and funny. Well, this group of individuals came on and the panelists had to guess who was telling the truth about inventing a time machine. Now, there were three gentlemen and one was a man of color. After the questioning original, I chose the man of color. And sure enough, it was he who actually had he has invented the mechanisms for traveling back in time and displayed the machine alongside him. Took a picture with it. Now, what intrigued me, Reginald, is that I remember the television program named The Time Tunnel back in the day about two scientists who decided to embark into the time machine and then found themselves stuck 
in uh, the time stream and constantly being interjected in some of our history's, you know, most notable periods. So my question to you, Reginald, is would you be interested in time travel, like going back to a period of time in your past life? And if so, what are a couple of things you would change? And if you're not interested, tell us why as well. Yeah, uh, as you were talking, I was just thinking about that that uh, that one TV show. I, I I used to love that those two guys. They would always be, you know, thrust into a different into a different uh, uh, space yeah, and time. That, yeah, it, yeah, it was called the time tunnel. It was called the time and, tunnel. And uh-huh. then there's another there's another program, uh, probably in the late '80s, early '90s, but I can't. Um, uh, can't remember the name of uh, that was that was similar to that uh, to this you know this guy who who would travel through time. Um, yeah. Would I be interested in time travel? I would say no. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, I like where I'm at now. I, I, I I'm looking forward to the future. Uh, um, it's ironic. There's times when I when I think about this. Um, <clears throat> you know, would I be interested in going back in time, certain parts of time in, in my life? There's there's one time that I would like to visit for maybe a day or so, uh, and that's being uh, four years old, standing in the window, um, looking out the window and watching, watching um, daddy drive up for work in the Plymouth station wagon and getting out of the car and, you know, knowing that he's walking up to the house and then hear the key open the door and then watching him walk in the door on the summer summer day with his white T-shirt and white pants and work boots on with plaster over it. And, you know, you get a you get a hug and you get a kiss and you feel the bristles of his of his five o'clock shadow beard um, that I would like to I would like to relive. Mm hmm. Well, the thing about it is, is it's it's a very interesting uh, subject. And I had, um, you know, previous to this, I had I did discuss this with uh, several people just to get their take on it. And um, a lot of the people said that they would be interested in going back, you know, um, in time. Um, there are some very fond memories um, that, you know, I would like to revisit. And there are some uh, memories that are not found that, you know, maybe, you know, I would like to revisit, but I mean, but why? Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of on the fence with this thing. You know, I think it would be, um, interesting, um, to, to maybe for, for scientific reasons or, um, other things, you know, I, I, I'm not sure, but I thought it would be a very interesting question and perhaps, um, um, you know, my listening audience will also pose this question to themselves or their coworkers or their families or whatever. And, um, you know, about about time travel, because he definitely, um, you know, has a machine how how great it is and how functional it is. I don't know. I don't know all of the um, all of the, the, the things about it, but I, I thought it was kudos that that he um has invented this. I know that there's other people that who said that they they've come up with the time machine, but this guy, you know, he actually um he has a wealth of education and and I'm and I'm very happy to know that this is a, a gentleman of color, very well spoken and 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 highly intelligent that this is something that 
um, he had, he has invented and they had him on television. So it just makes it for, um, good conversation and thought, you know, about, um, about traveling, you know, back, back in time, you know, so yeah. All right. So let's move on to Trump stumping the campaign trail for 40 days. Now, according to ABC uh, news.com, President Trump is set for aggressive midterm, um, uh, campaign calendar. This is being reported by Devin Dwyer and Jordan Phelps on August 22nd, 2018. And it says in part that President Trump will spend at least 40 days on the campaign trail, trail between August 1st and Election Day. The White House said amounting to more time on the campaign stump than any of the recent predecessors in midterm election years. Now, uh, Trump is on pace to hold at least eight rallies and 16 fundraisers, Reginald, across 15 states through the end of September alone, administration officials said, with stops already tentatively planned for North Dakota, South Dakota, uh, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, uh, Nevada, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Now, Reginald, he has committed to aggressively campaigning and has charged us with giving him as many days as possible on the road outside of Washington, D.C., um, said one of his senior administration officials. Now, we expect for him to be probably the most aggressive campaigner in recent presidential history. Now, the president continued to make that case on the campaign trail Tuesday and told supporters that the election is a choice between border security and open borders. At the beating heart of this election is border security. We have to have it right. We have to have it. This is what Trump said in West Virginia the other day, Reginald. Now, a blue wave in November means open borders, which means massive crime. Not really. A red wave means safety and strength. Uh, whatever. Now, what it is, that's what it is. This is what he's saying, Trump. And um, so uh, uh, Trump has held 16 political events in eight states so far in August alone. The, the officials uh, said on a call uh, with reporters ahead of Tuesday night's rally. Now, they're saying that he faces an uphill fight to maintain a GOP majority in Congress, Reginald. So now, do you think that all of this traveling about and rallies and things is because that he knows that there is going to be a big shift and it's not going to be red? Personally, I don't think Donald Trump knows anything. Okay, so I'll start with that. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't care to know anything. And at this <laughs> part of his life, if you haven't learned all those significant things that happened in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you know, um, him traveling, so what? He does that already. He spends every weekend at one of the golf Exactly. Places. Every week he's at some rally. So isn't that what he's doing already? And he, okay, mm-hmm. he's going and with the, the crap that has hit the fan with Cohen and Manafort the last mm-hmm. few days, how many people who are in a close race, and as, this, and as more stuff continues to hit the fan, and if Almarosa releases some more things, how many people are going to want him to come and talk? So this, exactly. all these 40 days and all of this, you know, may not turn out to be that because people are going to start distancing themselves from him. They can say that stuff now. You will have those, you know, those, those diehards, those, those diehards, whatever, you know, but 
who cares? Um, mm-hmm. Border security. I thought Mexico was going to pay for the wall, people. Okay. Is that <laughs> how many times has he said that? We have recordings of that. Mexico is going to pay for the wall. So mm-hmm. you know, you know. So it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's asinine. He's a clown. He's a joke. And mm-hmm. the that the fan. I can't wait. Uh, Donald Jr. is being squeezed by the FBI. Rudy Giuliani is running around like a chicken with his head cut off. And I want him to continue to talk because the more I want him, talks, yes, the more, the more he's going to implicate implicate uh, Trump. I want Trump to continue to tweet because Mueller is going to use all of those tweets in court. So, hey man, just keep on keeping on. And I couldn't care less, you know, if he travels and. Does well. I do care because it's, it's my taxpayers' money. It's the taxpayers' money, exactly. That means nothing. That that it's, means nothing. When you have no agenda, when you have no legislation that you have passed, what are you going to talk about? But the same old, same old. But the same. It's the same stuff that he's been talking about ever since 2016, and we're almost at 2020. Um, speaking of Rudy Giuliani, I think that he is past uh, being a clown. Uh, there is it a circus that I think that would hire him even to greet people as they're coming in, uh, particularly uh, with what he said, the truth is not the truth. Um, the, the gentleman that was interviewing him, he had to, he turned his chair and he was, he had to, he was cracking up because it, it, it is, I mean, he, he's a, he's a, he is a buffoon. Actually, okay. Um, once again, reiterating that it is a waste of taxpayers' money. I'm um, saying that he is doing this more than any of his predecessors. For me, does not put him up in any good light. It does not, you know, say, oh wow, he's doing more traveling than um President Barack Obama or um or uh, President Clinton or uh, Bush or who cares, okay? Um, so what? He's wasting taxpayers' money because is because it is what it is. Um. Um, people have already started distancing themselves. Um, it was shown only once, um, that I, that I've known of, uh, through the media of the, of the, uh, empty chairs that are in, at these rallies, um, of, of his. And you're absolutely correct, people. People, uh, Reginald, people are going to start, and people have already started distancing themselves because, you know, as I said, of, of these rallies. And you're right. I'm not a fan of, um, I am not a fan of um of Amarosa, but I love it that she's coming out and she's um interjecting these things in, into the media and and uh, for for people to know about. Um, I'm going to say that it's a form of um education, you know, kind of on the downward side, but nevertheless, it's telling it's telling um you know what he's what he's doing, what he's saying, and what he's capable of, and so forth. Um, the last thing I want to touch on is that. Um, you're right. What is he going to talk about? The same old thing. Uh, when he was at his rally in West Virginia, he, uh, did mention, uh, the, the, you know, the, um, you know, the young woman, uh, Melissa, I can't think of her last name. Unfortunately, she lost her life as she was jogging. Uh, but at this, on the same, but on the same thing, uh, Reginald, there was a white gentleman that killed his pregnant wife and his two children. Okay. So, you know, he, he talks about things that, that, you know, he, he don't need to be talking about and, and he doesn't need to be trying to have, uh, you know, some kind of a sideline of comparison. He has not elevated this country, which is one of the biggest jobs that a president is supposed to do. Um, I haven't, I haven't seen any, 
Um, I haven't seen any big thing on education. I haven't seen any big thing on health care. I haven't seen anything other than let's take everything away with EPA. Um, I'm sorry, the environmental, yeah, the EPA Environmental Protection Agency. Uh, let's do, let, let me take away everything that Obama's done. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't, he has not catapulted the citizens that he's supposed to be re, uh, looking over. There has not been any upward and forward movement that he has done that, you know, that is going to help the citizens of this country. Now, one thing he talks about a lot of stupid things. He thinks that Star Wars is actually real. Let's have, you know, let's have a, a space, you know, um, military. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? Well, it's, it's just sad uh, what this country has come to in the past 18 months or so. And uh, it's, it's just a complete clown show. Uh, our our NATO allies are looking around, shaking their head in, in bewilderment. Uh, Putin is laughing from ear to ear because, you know, he's, he's got him, uh, uh, you know, where, where he wants him if he's going to do his, his will because of uh, P-tapes or anything else that, that he has on him. So, um, you know, November will be a day, uh, a midterms will be a day of, of reckoning. Uh, mm-hmm. If people are uh, satisfied with what's going on, then okay. If you're not satisfied with what's going on, and I don't see how you can be satisfied with what's going on, even if you are a registered Republican, how can you how can you be a Republican who voted for Eisenhower? Yeah, I'll even say Reagan, as I as my eyes are, are rolling. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Nixon. Bush, Bush, how can you be okay with this dude? You know, I mean, the damage that he has done to this country is going to take years and years to rectify. So, absolutely, yeah, and campaigning and all of that. You know, who cares? You know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the rally the other day, and and you know, it's like you're, you know, it's like it's, this guy is trying to do a stand-up comedy act. Comedy routine, exactly. But uh, you know, for for this is, yeah, this is sad. It's it's ridiculous, and uh, you know, change change needs to come. So. Yeah, for anyone who has the wherewithal and or have studied kinesthetics um in their in their academic um uh career or just, you know, uh educating yourself on that, uh which um, you know, is about body language, um, you know, what I was getting from him is that he's very worried as he should be. Okay. I totally agree with you. The things that he has uh done to this country is going to take years if not decades to, uh, uh, you know, to reverse. And I just have a question, you know, I want to ask all of the people out there who voted for him. Um, and, and it, I just want to know, are you okay with breathing in bad air? Is, is that okay with you? Is that okay that your car don't have to be checked as it should be for making sure that it's not spewing out all kind of things that equals bad carcinogens? Is it okay that, we have um 
you know, factories. He wants to reemploy coal that we have, um, um, uh, coal factories spewing out all of this, this bag stuff that, you know, they, they had the black lung disease and other people around it, their families and just the people in general, because don't get it twisted. Our listeners, we are, we're all breathing in the same air. There isn't like air over in China, air over in Japan, air over in the Middle East. We're all breathing in the same air. So that that's that's something to to think about. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? You know, it's yeah, it's and and, and not only that. There's uh, uh, the past few days as well. Watching television, there's a a woman who's running for 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 office here for 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 the Senate, and and I can't remember her name, and really don't care. And Kirkpatrick. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure, uh, but, but the commercial is, she, she says that social security is unconstitutional, is unconstitutional and should be, it should be eliminated. So I'm wrapping yeah. my head around this. So people who are sitting in that audience who are probably receiving social security or their grandparents or their sister or their brother, um, the majority of Social Security benefits go to disabled children and disabled people, not even retired. Mm-hmm. So, so if it's unconstitutional and you want to revoke this, mm-hmm. what are you people sitting in there thinking when this person says that? And see, this is a perfect example they're not, of people they're not. against their own interests. Exactly. So if you've worked and you are now receiving Social Security, so in other words, she's saying you should receive your Social Security. Children Mm -hmm. who are wards of the state are 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 covered by benefits. This should be eliminated. I mean, it's just so ridiculous what these people say, but people sit there and. Uh, you know, take it in, and, and then they they take it in. Yeah, about 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 Trump. Um, some people are, I'm sure, they're okay with what he's doing. Even if there was this one farmer who they were asking her, she's a soybean farmer, and she's saying, well, she doesn't blame presidents, she doesn't blame Trump for for the trade war. Well, we used to be able to sell to China, but now we don't, and she's on the verge of losing her farm. You know, it's like you just throw up your hands and say, you know, whatever, go ahead and do your thing. Exactly. I I think uh, and and uh, and Kirkpatrick is um, a Democrat. She has been um, endorsed by Gabby Giffords. Um, You're you're talking about perhaps McSally, um, who was on the on the uh, right side of the right things at one point in time. Um, Speaking of Social Security, I don't know why she's out talking about that, because she definitely is no uh, spring chicken. So I'm not sure what she's saying. She's just talking hate. She's just joined on that on that uh, rhetoric with with Trump. So she's going to go down into the, you know, into the um, abyss of nothingness along with him Um, about that farmer. As I said before, um, Reginald and my listeners, that people are so filled with hate. You're absolutely correct. They will vote against their own interest (laughs) because they're just so filled with hate there. You know, there's truth to blinded by hate, you know. Um, instead of being blinded by love, they, they want to be blinded by hate. 
And that that is ridiculous. You know, they're voting against their own interest. And these people uh, that my brother's talking about, I guess they were cheering and jeering her on, you know, as she's saying, you know, I'm going to cut your throat. You know, <laughs> and they're saying, yeah, OK, I got my hand up. Can I go first? You know what I'm saying, Reginald? What's the difference? You know, yeah. it's hey, I have I have the knife here. Use my knife. You know, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's sad. Uh, but these are the type of people that the Republicans are count, counting on, hate-filled, low-information voters. So exactly. This is what they always count on. And, you know, unfortunately, there's that, um, there's, there's that uh, segment of the population that's out there. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But this is why I am on my campaign. And every time I broadcast, I will be talking about voting, getting out there to vote. Because I, you know, and then we talk about these things, you know, to educate people. And uh, so that, and I always implore people to get out there and read about your candidate. Don't just listen to, to Uncle Joe, um, you know, um, my, my friend, uh, you know, uh, my friend Edward or whoever, that this is who he's voting for him and his wife or whatever. You need to be, uh, get, you know, get the books and read them. Like we have a, an upcoming election here on the 27th. So next week we, we have an, an election coming. And, um, I always make sure that they send us the, um, the information because at one time we did it and I most certainly called them and make sure that we got it because this is something that, um, uh, my husband and I, we go over and we read about what it is this person is doing and, and what they're not doing, you know, and then I make my decision. So when I go in there to vote, I have my, you know, my little slip of paper uh, for who it is that I want to vote for and things like that. Okay, Reginald, let's move on to a very heartwarming story. Now, this story um is about a young cancer patient wins over heart of Michigan State player during March Madness by Gillian uh, Money. And this was actually reported four years ago, March 27, 2014. But nevertheless, okay, this is very apropos for today. Now, this is a story about a little eight-year-old girl, Reginald, and a giant um, bat- college basketball player who has been befri- who has befriended her as her team visited her in the hospital. Now the story goes in part, and it says this: an eight-year-old girl with cancer has become the unofficial cheerleader for Michigan State University basketball player Adrian Payne. Lacey Hallworth uh, befriended the star athlete after he visited her while she was in the hospital two years ago. They're kind of like friends, brothers or sisters. They're very comfortable around each other and and play games and or color, says Lacey's father, Matt Holsworth. They have a bond that special. Lacey has neuroblastoma and a cancer that develops in immature nerve cells throughout the body. Since chemotherapy has left her without hair, she wears a long blonde wig to games to cheer on her favorite player. Lacey has even taken to calling pain her big brother. Now, I just want for all of you all who don't know the story or remember the story, I would also like to point out he's a giant man of color. Lacey's father said Payne has become a part of the family and will often stop by just to chat or even play video games with Lacey's three brothers. While Lacey has a clear favor to win March Madness, her father said she's not only usually bothered if they lose, she's just worried about her friend Payne. Okay, how cute is that? She's even brought pain brownies after a loss. 
It's a blessing for our hearts and to see them encourage each other, says Hallworth. I think they both feed off each other and give each other straight advice. They both just want to help each other. Lacey and Payne's story has even inspired MSU fans to reach out and help. The page has um uh reached out. They they've they at this time, Reginald, they had a um they wanted to have a goal for raising fifty thousand dollars. And they had raised uh, 30000 with just 72 days left. Now, Lacey is also scheduled to be a part of a new study at the University of Michigan. And um, that will use antibodies to try and treat her cancer. Now, Lacey's cancer is advanced and at one point left her paralyzed after a tumor wrapped around her spine. Now, although chemotherapy helped to shrink uh, those tumors, others have appeared, according to Associated Press. Now, I'm reading talking about this story because it matters. Now, unfortunately, ABC News reported that on April 9th, now remember this story was March 27th, 2014, on April 9th of 2014, this eight-year-old girl, she lost her battle. She was known as Princess Lacey, who forged a bond with the Michigan State basketball team and her star, Adrian Payne, and she transitioned that Tuesday, the family said that her father, Matt Holsworth, told the Associated Press that she died at their St. John's, Michigan home with her mommy and daddy holding her in their arms. Listeners, this is what I want to say about this. The parents stated that as this little girl was battling this terrible disease, when the basketball player would come to see her, she would light up and sit up in her bed. That is how much light this person brought into her world as she was struggling. This is what I also want to say. Put some light and love in your hearts. If you're feeling down, think about who you can help. Think about what and who can bring happiness to you during your day. Who can you bring happiness to? Regardless of the darkness that has seemingly taken a hold of our world, there is still more love and light out there versus darkness. It just is not shown, listeners, or talked about nearly enough. Being a loving person, always a gentle giant to a child, a caregiver to an and person who is in need. For example, you will notice that the problems that are in your life will soon start to erode as blessings will be poured onto you because of the love because of the time and because of the caring you give to others. Your comments on this, Reginald? I remember that story. Uh, remember reading the story and, and, you know, as a, as a college basketball and a sports fan, uh, I'm, I'm familiar with that, with the young man and, and, um, uh, you know, the special bond he has developed with, uh, with that, with the, with, with the little girl. And, uh, I remember I was yeah, heartbroken when, uh, you know, found out she lost her battle, um, you know, a year or so ago. And, um, but it just shows, um, uh, the power of love and the, and the power of caring and, um, you know, just, just that loving, touching human element that's so important to another human being. So, so bless her mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. And as I said, that there's, there are many stories out there, <clears throat> excuse me, that are like this. They just aren't 
talked about. They just are not showcased enough. I've said this before that if you listen to um, a lot of the news uh, broadcast on, you know, the, the, the mainstream broadcast, they bombard you with all of the, the craziness and the heck, you know, the, the, you know, the, the heck this is, that's going on out there in, in our world, you know, it's, it's just, it's just crazy. And then they'll tell you one story about, um, at the end of someone who saved some ducks that was, um, um, in a, in a storm drain or, um, um, or, or maybe something, you know, about another human being doing something great for another human being. There's not enough of the fantastic stories that, that need to be told, that need to be shared, um, with, um, out there with the listening public. I, I feel and I've always felt Reginald, that if that if more uh, love is abound, that if people uh, understand that, you know, that it is not all about craziness that's going on in our world. You know, this world was created from love. Love abounds in it and it's going to continue to abound, you know, and guess what? You know, I'm out of time. (laughs) So, Reginald, I thank you so much for um you know for being on my show today um giving your your insight and your comments is always appreciated um thank you listeners for listening to me it is much uh, appreciated um love you all for that um i pray that you have a great day um remember what i said about setting your day and you will find that that um how how much different your day will will turn out when you when you have already put that out in front of you how you want your day to be and stay in tune with the thoughts that come in your head. Okay. I will be back here in uh, two weeks with more interesting and educational topics. And I wish you all the best and God bless you. Have a great day. This is Teresa E. Keyes signing out.